our message is to share with you about a man who influenced my life. Maybe as much as my own father. In some ways, he was like a father. So I'm going to tell you, just tell you a bunch of stories about uh, Larry Christensen. I cried a lot this last week. Uh, and I cried because of the, uh, the impact he had in my life. And so I, I just thought about what I was going to say. And as I thought, uh, how are we doing? Doing OK? Closer. Okay. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. So I was speaking down at the house, which is a house church in Egan that grew to a thousand people. Jamie Van Gelder, who was prayed for by <coughs> Morris Wagner when he was an infant and uh, taken to the Holy Spirit conferences and so he said to me, we want you to come down and tell the stories of Lutheran renewal, which is what I did for lots of years. And uh, the Holy Spirit Conference, there was a Minneapolis auditorium. And so I, I said, okay, I'll do that. So I called Larry Christensen a month ago. And I said, uh, tell me some stories. And he said, I'll tell you a story of how it started for me. It was August 1961. And you guys know the name Larry Christensen. Do you raise your hand if you know the name Larry Christensen? Okay. You know, he's he's he influenced the world. He wrote a book that sold two million copies. When you when you sell a hundred thousand, it's a bestseller. When you sell a million copies, you're you're one we're less than one percent when you sell two million copies that's way 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 below so uh, David Wilkerson Christian family David Wilkerson said best I've ever read on the family and Ruth Graham Bell uh, also said something to say about it so he influenced a lot of people so back in 1961 he had a Thursday night free in Bethany Foursquare Church at 792 10th Street, San Pedro, California. I know right where it is. He was getting a tug from the Spirit of God for something different. He was a Lutheran pastor, and he went to a Foursquare church and heard a message from some former Lutherans about being filled with the Holy Spirit. He went up for prayer and came home. Went to bed, woke up at 12 midnight, sat up in bed, spoke in a language he never learned, went back to sleep. What he didn't know is that God was touching people all around the country and all around the world in a, in a phenomenal way. The 60s were terrible years in America. One of the worst in recent history started with the Kennedy assassination on November 22nd, 1963. If you're as old as I am, you remember where you were on that time. I know exactly where I was on that UCLA campus when I heard that President Kennedy was dead. Then you got the Vietnam War. 
that we didn't know if we wanted to fight it or not. We lost 50,000 good men. And then we lost more when they came home and they found out they weren't heroes. And they took their own lives. And then we had Dr. Timothy Leary, who was a Harvard professor, telling students to tune in, turn on, and drop out. And they were dropping out by the truckloads. And so God responded with the Jesus People Movement. I believe that that was the result of 100,000 parents and grandparents crying out to God for their kids and their grandkids. The epicenter of that was a few miles from my home, Calvary Chapel, where Chuck Smith was encouraged by his wife, Kay, to open the door to these pot-smoking hippies. And she did, and God was at work at little country church on the edge of town. Newton, 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 People coming, traveling from miles around for meeting and for Sunday school. And it's very plain to see it's not the way it used to be. You know why we have guitars on Sunday? That's the reason. We didn't have them before 1970. But when Calvary Sta Chapel started having their songs, that was Chuck Gerard, by the way, Calvary Chapel started having guitars in church. Then other people did. And then we remember when we had the, um, the, the plastic layouts to read the words? You know, you'd flip, you'd have to flip and put them on the screen. Man, thank you, CJ, for technology. We do it quick. So, so God was responding by giving the Jesus movement, but God was always also responding by filling people with his Holy Spirit throughout the 60s. It started a half a century before in 1906 when an African-American pastor came from Kansas to Bonnie Bray Street. I know where it is. And he preached on the Holy Spirit. He came back the next Sunday, and the door was locked. It was deadbolted. In other words, don't come back. So he looked for another place. He found a street. What was the name of the street? Azusa Street. And he started preaching there, and the mainline churches were saying, no, we don't want anything to do with it. God was saying, bring it on. The L.A. Times wrote an article against it, but that didn't stop God. And God healed people. God broke through, and the fires of Azusa Street went around the world. Mainline churches said no, but now God said, I'm going to do it. And so he woke up Larry, and he did things to other people around the country and around the world. Larry did something very interesting. He didn't tell his people about it, like preach on it. He simply called people into his office, one or two at a time, and said, you know, the Bible speaks about the power of God through the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks on life in the Spirit. In fact, the New Covenant is only possible by the New Covenant by the Holy Spirit. 
No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. We embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. And so one at a time he was telling me about this. By next spring, he was ready to go public, and everybody was with him, and there was no split in the church, just a unity in the Spirit. That's the church I came to in 1970. The response of the, the larger ALC, the American Lutheran Church, was, as you might expect, cautious. <laughs> What's going on? Here's something really funny. They sent a psychiatrist out to our church in 1972 named Dr. Paul Qualbin, very well respected. He came out expecting to find two things, nutcakes, for one, and he, that the movement would just die, die out. He interviewed Larry. Larry's not a nutcake. Larry is an introverted intellectual scholar. And the people he mentored were not nutcakes. They had their feet on the ground and their heart in the heavens, and so he found them to be delightful people. That isn't what, they, that isn't what the headquarters wanted them to find, but he found delightful people, happy, well-adjusted, positive, not nutcakes, but alive in God. It only grew exponentially every year, so that in this year, in 1972, Morris Wagner, anybody heard that name before? He's a pastor here in the cities. He got together with Norris Wogan, and they said, let's have a conference. Let's just bring them together. And they said, where should we go? They decided to rent the Minneapolis Auditorium. Boy, that's stepping out in faith. If you're going to have 30 people, you're going to pay a big bucks. Do you know how many came? 9,000. That was the first conference, and 9,000 showed up. 72. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember one family retreat that we went on, and it was in 1972. And there was a young lady there that uh, this was kind of new to her. We, the, the youth, I had done the youth in 1970. Then I was the pastor because Larry went in 1971 for a year of study. So I was the pastor at 27. And then Luther Nelson, my good friend, came and was the youth guy in 72. So the kids had their own retreat, but they loved the family retreat the most because most of the church turned out for this. And we had all kinds of fun, and we were worshiping the Lord together in the evening, and we were singing Beautiful Savior, which we sang yesterday. And then Nordis Christensen, who had a beautiful singing voice, she sang the solo in the second verse. We were known, some of my friends knew me, as I was a pastor of the church where you sing in four-part harmony. We would sometimes sing a cappella, and they'd come, and, boy, this is beautiful. Didn't know churches did this. So we were doing that with Beautiful Savior. And then we sang the last verse all together. And then as Larry taught us, we just kept on singing. Like we did a little bit here after that one of the songs. We just kept on singing either in English and some just in the spirit. 
kept on singing. And it was so beautiful. It was quiet. It was respectful. It was, it was just lovely. And I know this, this girl who was there, and it was Karen Ludio. And, and she just said, I, I, think, I think this is for me. She just stepped into the life of the Spirit, began to sing with it, never turned back. That's because Larry taught us to be open to God the Holy Spirit, to be open and to, to be responsive to him. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, I will speak with my mind and I will speak with my spirit. I will sing with my mind and I will sing with my spirit. It's in the book. And so that's what she did. Increasingly, Larry was called then to move outside of his circles as a Lutheran pastor into more ecumenical gatherings. So in 1977, we didn't have any Holy Spirit conference at the Minneapolis Auditorium because everybody gave up their own conference to go to Kansas City to the Chiefs Stadium. And we came together with 50,000 people. And Larry was one of the conveners. And he spoke one of the evenings about the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And Karen and I were on the stage because we were with Larry. And uh, he taught us to see in the spirit. The Bible encourages us to see in the spirit. When Elisha is surrounded by an army, his servant steps outside and sees the army, and he panics, and he goes inside, and he says, we're, well, I don't know what he said. Something like, we're dead ducks, I think is what he said. I don't know what he said, but Elisha, he prayed a prayer. Do you know what his prayer was? What was his prayer? What? Yes. It was open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes. So the Lord opened his eyes, and this servant, what did he see? Surrounding the, the, the army. <laughs> they were the sitting ducks. They, they were the ones that were going to get it. <clears throat> and so he calmed down. He saw what Elijah saw. Paul prayed that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So their eyes to see in the physical and their eyes to see in the spiritual. Larry, Larry believed that. I prayed with him every day for 11 years not including holidays or weekends. Every day. And when I say every day, I don't mean every other day. I mean every day at 6 o'clock. So you learn something about a man when you pray with him every day for 11 years. And he taught us how to listen that part of the time we weren't praying. And I didn't know what we were doing. We were kneeling, and then he'd write something down. I didn't know what he was writing down. Maybe don't forget to bring home the milk or... I, I didn't know what he was putting down. Well, he was listening to the Lord. And I'd always heard that prayer was two-way communication. Have you ever heard that before? Prayer is two-way communication. We speak and we listen. I never met anybody who took it seriously. Not in my own family. Wonderful father, wonderful pastor, wonderful leader. He never taught me that. But now I'm learning to listen. It has become 
one of the two greatest joys spiritually in my life of anything was knowing that God has a voice and that God speaks and that I can listen and I can hear him. Thank you, Larry, for teaching me what's in the book. So Karen, brave Karen, gets up to the mic. There's 50,000 people out there. And she says, I see angels coming into the stadium. Now, I prayed, I've asked her to pray for me because she sees angels. I've never seen an angel. Anybody else, anybody ever seen an angel? My mom once saw an angel. I believe if you say you've seen one. But she could see them, and that blessed. I don't know if I told you this, but one of the leaders, Catholic leaders, said, wow, that blesses me when, when, you, uh, when you said that. 50,000 people in the crowd, I heard my one-year-old son because he was sitting with grandpa and grandma and he heard his mom's voice. He started to cry. Andrew was, four t was, um, was 14 months old and uh, just thought you should know that. So Larry moved in 1982 to... Um, the Twin Cities, to direct the work of International Lutheran Renewal. So I, I followed him. I followed him as a pastor as, uh, at Trinity Lutheran. I followed him as, as a director of Lutheran Renewal. But uh, he came here in 1982, and we, uh, I got to travel with him every once in a while. And that's what I'd like some of you to do. You know, to travel with us, when we go across town to Redeemer Lutheran, I'd like a team there that's ready to pray for people. We're going to do some of that. So that'll be in two weeks. So I was able to go with him. We went to Bethany Fellowship once. <coughs> they published his books. And we walked into a room, and it was a kind of assembly room. And they must have known he was coming because we looked out, and we saw these 20 or so people I could see no faces. They had all taken his book, The Christian Family, and they were hiding behind the book. And so all I could see was all these book covers of The Christian Family. They thought that was pretty funny. Well, when you sell two million copies of a book, that does something for the publishing house. So they were real happy to greet Larry. And I was very encouraged. And they were there yesterday when I was telling this story and all these stories. They came up to me afterward and said, we'd like to meet with you. That's very encouraging to me. So I'll be talking to them in the next few weeks. I, pr I, I speak periodically at Bethany. I love going down there. Love to take some of you with me sometime. So <coughs> I shared yesterday something about Larry's personal life. Larry was highly, highly disciplined. I never met anybody smarter, and I never met anybody more disciplined. He was disciplined not in a way that you, you feel like if you were in his family, it was the army barracks. Karen lived in his home for two years. They would take people in their home. They took in L Lilla, who was dying, she was a widow, she had no place to go, and they took her in. Nordis, his wife, would buy groceries at 
our co-op, we had a food co-op at our church. Guys would go down early in the morning at 3 o'clock. I helped. We did it once a month or so. We'd go down and get the groceries at 3 a.m. We'd wake up at 3, go down to L.A., get the, get the good deals, come back, have a co-op for our people and others. that We had a food ministry. And so she would go there, shop, pay her own money, then deliver them to the elderly. That's what this pastor's wife, well-known around the country, that's what she did with her time, then took people into her home. Larry was a scholar, and he started by memorizing verses. Then he went to chapters. Then he went to books. One Sunday, he dressed up like a first-century Christian, and his son Arnie was his scribe, so he sat there in the chancel, and Larry quoted the book of Hebrews, all 13 chapters. That was his sermon. It was 41 minutes. I timed it. Pretty remarkable. He was probably quoting the book of Ephesians when he died because he would go every day on a four-mile walk. And as he did, he had the names of 50 people that he was praying for. He once told me, and this was very uncommon for Larry to say anything this personal, but he said, Paul, I pray for your children by name every day. That meant a lot to me. I said, well, now I should do it. I'm the dad. He prayed, he prayed for every one of his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, 18 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. That's the way he lived. And he would quote scripture. For this reason I bow the knee before the Father, from whom every fatherhood in heaven and earth is named, that out of the riches of his glory he would grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have power with all the saints, to know the height, the breadth, the length, the depth of the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. That's from Ephesians. And he would quote that, and then he'd pray. He'd use that to pray with his people on his four-mile walk. And he slipped cut his head open, came back, was going to go up to the room, and somebody said, no, you're going to the hospital. Went to Northfield Hospital, slipped into a coma, never came out. So we figure, I know he memorized that earlier, and I'd heard that he was, that, that was a book that he was using as his, on his walk, he would review it, and so he was probably reviewing from Yeah, yeah. He got he got home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple more stories. We, uh, like I said, he, we prayed every morning 
and he taught us all how to listen. He said, when I, when I listen, I sometimes see things. I sometimes see pictures. Some, any of you see pictures whenever you pray? Sometimes you get pictures, and they mean somebody taught us how to interpret those. And so we had a communion service that was once a month where people would come. There was piped-in music, and they would meditate. It was for five hours. From on Sunday afternoon from 3 to 8, people all over Southern California would come because they would not only get communion, but they would get a word from the Lord. They'd get what we might call a prophetic word. And so he trained us how to do that. So this young lady had come from Minnesota, and she wondered if she was going to stay in California or if she was going to maybe go be a missionary in Japan or what she was going to do. She came to the altar. And she received communion. And then she got prayer from Bud Hahn. Well, Bud prayed with us every morning at 6 as well. And Bud listened to the Lord. He owned an electric company. He was one of the ones that they interviewed. The guy is rich, but he gave his, you know, he gives the money away. And he was strong. And he was healthy and he was happy. And he was highly disciplined like Larry. And he gave her communion. And then he said, you're in the right place. You can stay. And that was like the Lord speaking to this young adult woman because she wondered. He didn't know anything about that. I didn't either. I found out it was Karen Ludio that wondered if she was going to stay. Well, I married her three years later. I'm glad he gave that word. Because <laughs> she could she could easily have headed out, but she got a word from the Lord that kept her around. It says in John 16, 13, and 14, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but what he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So she, she got something declared to her through a human voice but truly, the Lord God. One more story. He was a, he loved his father. His father was an athletic director. He was also an athlete. Larry might have given it all up to be an athlete. He wasn't an athlete. He was a scholar. His dad was uh, an athlete at St. Olaf. And then he was a pr uh, coach. And they named the uh, athletic complex, the Aid Christensen Complex. His dad, loved his dad. <clears throat> I wasn't his son. I had a father. He wasn't my father. But sometimes he felt like a father. When I was 30 years old, I'd been, been at Trinity for four years. And he said to me, one day, it's time to get married. Now, Larry didn't say those things off the top of his head. I never, he never said anything off the top. Just, just, well, I just had this thought. I knew he'd prayed about it. So I wasn't going to say, well, sure, I'll think about it. I knew that when he said that, that meant I was needing to get married. So I began to pursue. I began to pray. Several weeks later, he said, uh, we're, Nordis and I are going to go to Santa Barbara, you heard about it in the news, the mudslide. 
We're going to go to Santa Barbara, beautiful place, very beautiful place, to look at some retreat sites tomorrow. Would you want to go along? I said, sure. And he said, uh, by the way, Karen uh, might be going along with us. And I said, okay. Well, so maybe I better talk to her. And he said, oh, I already did. So uh, he went and talked to her and said, uh, uh, you want to go along with us to Santa Barbara? Pastor Paul, uh, which is what they called me. That's what she called me. Uh, Pastor Paul uh, will probably be going too. And she said, well, I can't. I teach tomorrow. And he said, oh, I already took care of that. <laughs> He's the principal, so he tells who teaches and who doesn't. So Larry asked Karen out on my first date. <laughs> Less than two months later, I asked her to marry me. Not Larry. I asked her. And she said, yes. So Larry was like a father, and I'm very thankful for him speaking into my life in powerful and personal ways. I cried a lot this last week as I thought about uh, the life he led and what he had given to me and that I was really going to be missing that, but so grateful for the rich heritage that, that I was given. I thank you, Father, for Larry and I thank you for these friends that I can share these personal stories with and how you are putting us together for this time, this season. And you know what I believe, that this is going to be the best yet. The, the days, weeks, and months ahead are going to be powerful, just like today. I know that you're blessing Nate today. And I know you're going to bless us in two weeks at Redeemer Lutheran and the other places that we're going to schedule to go and the places that we're going to go. And I bless my friends here that they may be open to your holy will, listening to your voice and doing what you tell them to do. We bless Jacob and thank you that he is listening to your voice and doing what you tell him to do. We're each responsible to hear. I thank you so much for what you've led us to do here at this house. And I say to you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.